0: going on, everybody? Good morning. We got the uh, Buckeye Brunch Edition back in here. It's been a, <laughs> a little bit we had this show, so super excited. What's going on? Glad to join us. Got my guy Ron in here. Ron, how you doing?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. Running a little late this morning, but
0: we made it. <laughs> Yeah, my fault. My fault on that one. I was like, I'm ready to go. I'm about of hot bed. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm go clean up for a second. My dog is fine, though. It happens all the time. I just got to give him some uh, some Alka-Seltzer. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be good to go. <laughs> not, not too bad. But yeah, man, so we got a good show for y'all today. Today is Tuesday. Should we not forget, tomorrow there'll be two additional shows. One. Ron will be on Bleach Report at 1 p.m. Has that holding it down. They like him over there, so they're bringing him back. So we got to, again, up our budget to keep him over here and happy and all that. So make sure you like the video. Help us help us out there. Uh, also, too, fans, Edge will be tomorrow. Um, national show. You like National College football. There's a lot of storylines. And I also asked the chat, give me your national first weekend one storylines. I'll read them off, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. But, um, yeah, so – That coming up, Mike and the gang, the fans, Edge over there, so make sure you check them out at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. I think i got this time. I feel like the Disney Channel. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the show's
1: turning into TV Guide. All we do is read off promos for the next show.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the funny thing is I I always check, like, social media, and half the people didn't know what they were talking about when they said 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. (laughs) (laughs) what time is it it's so funny so yeah that's what we got coming up but you didn't come for that you came for the buckeye roast at 8 a.m we're here today and this is what we're gonna talk about um i don't need to write this in but i just want to recap um the blasphemy from last night of what happened with the gangs and around watch that so we'll talk about that for a quick second but we got winners and losers today and talk Wednesday lose from Ohio State over the weekend. And then we're gonna talk some reaction because there was a lot of reaction, not only ours, but around the Twitterverse. So we're gonna talk some of that. And we'll make jumping sure some other things as we see fit. But that's what we got going on today. And let me give my shout out. Isaiah was in here first. Good morning, Isaiah. Remember, you come in here first, you will get a shout out. He was here at 7:40. So you <laughs> had Charles Green said, so I thought I was early. <laughs> So, uh, you got to wake up at 7, you got to get in here at 7.30 and say it was good to, to, to beat him. But yeah, Ryan you got anything before we jump into it?
1: No, Bleacher Report tomorrow, and
0: we're here for the show today, so let's keep it pushing. All right, all good. So, I, I want to start with, because it's always relevant to Ohio State, I want to start with last night's game with Clemson V. Duke. Now, I got to ask you, Ron, what? On a scale of let's put it one to five, what's your hate level for Clemson? For
1: Clemson,
0: yeah, a two. My
1: awesome. hate level for Davo <laughs> on a He's scale of one to five, like a 12. <laughs> like, I hate Davo personally, like, I it's just like. I don't know, man. The holier than thou, the we don't <laughs> cheat when we absolutely cheat, like that is just like I don't know, it just irks me. It grinds my gears, as our guy Cam would say. Um, yeah, um, I, I really love to see Clemson lose. It's always fun. Um, and it just seems like Ohio State put a dagger through the heart of that program, and they've never been the same since Justin Field dotted up uh, Chris
0: Olave and history ever since yeah man um because see i think this is too um because michigan was so down because michigan was has been so bad until it was 2021 like my hate for Clemson was probably at like a four by the time it hit 2020 and we're playing them in the college football playoff because i was like bro i like the one game, um, I think we will do a show eventually on like worst losses that we've had or that we witnessed as fans. Like that 2019 game to this day, I have not been able to re Like to this day, if I see it on TV or anything like that, I'll watch the first half because it was going well, and then once Sean Wade gets kicked out of the game, I just I gonna, know.
1: <laughs> I was gonna ask you which play frustrates you more on rewatch of that game, I know you haven't watched it, but if you rewatched it, like what point is going to make you want to walk away more the fumble, non-fumble or the, or the hit?
0: It's definitely the fumble, non-fumble. I just can't find a way to get that far. Like, <laughs> just, just the guilt. like bro, I was at my boy's house and like, they're not college football fans at all. They're not, you know, fanatics or anything, but I'm like, but he was, um, he was going to Australia. So I'm over there. I'm like, look, I I came here for you, but you need to turn the game on for me. So he's got the (laughs) game on in the living room. His family's around who probably doesn't know the difference between Ohio State and Clemson. Probably has no clue. And I'm over there like, freaking out like i'm like oh we're about to blow them out we just need to take advantage of stuff as soon as sean wade gets kicked out the game i'm like what is going on like how do you kicked out and then it just rolled from there and you see the slow demise of me just like no we're gonna find a way to lose this game. as much as i hated clemson walking into that game as well because who was that man who's that one clemson fan who always is like oh clemson is your daddy blah 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 he's on he's on youtube i don't remember his name but he's super annoying I'm not Uh, sure who. Yeah, I watched this video. It just got me riled up like before. I'm like, bro, I can't wait to beat them. I'll be on his YouTube page like, yeah, like (laughs) this, this, and that. Bruh, oh, my goodness. You talk about the demise of of my whole new year. It just went right out the window.
1: Yeah, bro, we got to start winning these New Year's games because, like, our start of the year is always, like, (laughs) uh, (laughs) the, the stages of grief. As an Ohio State fan,
0: <laughs> bro, I told you last year trying to deliver a New Year's kiss, my heart was just broken. <laughs> I ain't got a pigskin Pete. That's him. Hate that dude, I Hate that dude. <laughs> dude. Pigskin Pete, bro. Oh <laughs> it was a whole experience. But let me let me skip over my sorrows. You watched the game last night. Um, he had more time than I did because I didn't get a chance to. So let me know what happened. <laughs>
1: duke happened um i said on the college football pregame show that clemson was on upset alert we watched duke fuck up uh miami last year they were an eight and five team they had a first year head coach everybody was making excuses last year for first year head coaches like uh uh, what's his fate?" the other clemson guy brett venables over at oklahoma and they wanted to make excuses for mario i'm like Duke's coach has a bunch of engineers out here going eight and five in the ACC. So, I mean, I expected big things from them, but I also heard from Clemson fan that Cade Klubnick, uh, I was guaranteed that Cade Klubnick would put up more than 23 points. That He did. He did not. So, I mean, overall, uh, a lot of fun, like fumbles, random goofy stuff. Cause like there was a couple times where, you know, Clemson got into red zone and it was like, oh, they're about to score. And then they would just drop the ball. Like, not, not, not drop a pass, drop the ball that, while they were running it. The fumbling handoffs, uh, the fumbling in uh, the goal line, like, just goofy shit. It was a crazy game to watch. So, overall, um, yeah, it was it was a fun game. Duke played hard. And I, I don't think Clemson is the power that people believe. <laughs> it's hard that... Uh, I think it's time for people to accept that Clemson is not the same team that they used to be. And I'm laughing because Travis called out Q. Said Q never watches football, man man they don't call him city boy quentin for nothing he stays in these streets
0: he don't got time
1: (laughs) he doesn't Uh, got time to watch football
0: that that name is actually pretty accurate because i'm about to move to a major city so that (laughs) that is why i haven't had time travel i'm in the middle of moving literally across the country east coast to west coast so hopefully in a couple of weeks will settle down i can watch a lot more football but you're right and also shout out to charles green he's an engineer so this. You're talking about this this guy. He's making bread over here. Charles, Charles <laughs> to, hey, I need to watch more football at Charles Green's house. Charles, drop I come, try to catch a game. I know you got a 95-inch TV in there. <laughs> but, yeah, so, no, I, I figured – oh, go ahead. Yeah, let me not work.
1: No, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, it was overall um, – Great week of college football. Um, I swear I feel like I enjoyed every game I watched but the Ohio State game. So, overall, <laughs> glad to have college football back. And, you know, we have a cupcake this week, so I think I'm really going to get to enjoy college football.
0: <clears throat> yeah, as I say, I'm just thinking, like, after the Clemson game, it's like, well... We were bad, but we couldn't do that. <laughs> so the so, sun's still shining. You know, the birds still chirping. We still got opportunity to do everything that we are supposed to do. So I wanted to ask your thoughts on that. Let me see the chat. I'm going to hop into winners and losers in a second game, but I want to see. I didn't lose some college football takes. Um Savion said, His Clemson owes DJ a big apology. Damn, those boys suck. <laughs> Trav said, Garrett Riley is not Lincoln. Charles Green said, FSU is for real. Davo is already crying. Let me see if I got any more in here. If I do, I'll, I'll grab him by the end. But, yeah, let's keep it rolling. So, and also, but yeah, keep putting your takes. I'll keep uh saving them, and we'll roll from there. All right. So, Ron. You did it on Bleach Report. You did some winners and losers after the game. I'm sure your mind has changed a little bit by then because they really made you do an instant reaction. And probably all you're thinking about is I'm about to kill Ryan Day for ruining my Saturday. So let's go to winners and losers from Ohio State over the weekend. So chat, I want you to put give me, let me see, three, give me two winners from Saturday and give me two losers from Saturday. And this can be a coach, player, position group. Um, fans, you know, whoever whoever you have, you that you have is a loser. So it doesn't have to be specific to players. Um, but yeah, so uh, Ron, you want to take it off? with Winners and losers.
1: Yeah, sure. I will start. So yeah, like you said uh, on my Instagram, you
0: go one by one. Yeah, yeah. Let's
1: do so um, I guess we'll start with winners. Uh, like you said, uh, we did winners and losers on Bleacher Report for the instant reaction, and mine have changed. I wouldn't say significantly, but They've absolutely changed. Um, someone that I did have on the winners last time that is no longer on the winners after rewatched the game was Cade Stover. He led the team in receiving. It seemed like a good game on first watch. It seemed like he had a lot to clean up in the blocking game. So despite having a great game receiving, I felt like overall it was an average game because it wasn't a full game from him as far as performance wise, left some things to be desired in a blocking game, but overall not a bad game. I would definitely wouldn't move him to losers, but I feel like the winners kind of became more evident on rewatch. So that's why my first, uh, winner is going to be Denzel Burke. Uh, the seatbelt crew out there, like uh, they had the straps on everyone. Um, so, yeah, a uh, big shout out to Denzel Burke. I know he saw all of the criticism last year of his play when people felt that he could play better, and I think he absolutely stepped up and proved the naysayers wrong. That you know, I mean, he fully committed mm-hmm. himself and looked like he was ready to go for a big season. So, uh, big shots out to Denzel Burke. He is my number one winner from Saturday.
0: So. This old Burke is yours. It seems like the corners had a had a big day because my first winner is Igbinosu. Um, I thought he was as advertised. I mean, I said it before the game. I was like, he's if he has a good game, you will not notice him at all. And we did notice him. Because he came up and made a couple tackles, but he was physical. He blanketed his receiver. Really, only gave up, uh, I guess, one pass interference and one catch. So. Not bad at all. He was fading <laughs> that passive. fear. He's going to talk about physical. <laughs> he looked like he was trying to arrest Buddy over there on the sideline. So, yeah, definitely as advertised, look good. I mean, and just I'm excited for these corners, man. Even even Jordan Hancock got in there, looked pretty good so far. You know, I got the bet that he's going to be a pro at the end of the season. So I need to see more, Jordan. Don't cost me money. I'll try yeah, to- bro, that's yeah. –
1: uh, you should have took the eyebrow bet. It's looking like I might be a one-eyebrow man.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) I want to eat on Ron's dime, not him eat on mine, so (laughs) he's stepping it up. I might just throw him as a winner in here for just no reason, just to build the hype. (laughs) But, no, I thought Igmanosa played really well. The the defense overall, for the most part, outside of the linebacker play that left more to be desired, was fantastic. So
1: Igmanosa is my first winner. Do we want to alternate – Winners and losers, or do we want to go do we want to stay positive and then go losers?
0: Let's stay positive because I think losers will transition as well into our segment after this.
1: All right. So we see this name a ton in the chat right now for winners and losers. Our guy Chip. Um, super explosive when he got in the game. I think it was 7.6 yards per carry every time we touched a rock. Uh, didn't get taken down by the first tackler too often, made a lot of guys miss. So overall I think Chip had a great game, especially for someone who, you know to I mean, has bounced around, played a lot, a lot of different positions. He's our starting fullback and also possibly our best running back. So big shout out to him. And uh, yeah, Chip is my second winner of the game.
0: That's a solid choice. Um, my second winner is actually Jim Knowles. Um, Jim Knowles had a lot of criticism coming into the end. Also, too, he needs to fix. I'm not letting him off the hook with the linebacker. So you need to, you need that straight. But Jim knows I'll give you your bones in the first week. The defense looked good. Only three points. I think what 160 yards total. We went through this last season, but I think Jim knows needed a win early in the season to kind of get the fan base back on board. It was Indiana. It's not impressed. Yeah, we need to do it in the big games. Got Notre Dame coming up, and then we'll see Penn State, who drew out looked fantastic, and we got uh, Michigan coming up later in the season. But so 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 good so far. The defense looks fast. They look physical. They look like they're ready to play well. I think if Tommy still step up their game, or we get to see more CJ Hicks or something, this defense is has the has the potential to be spectacular. And Sonny Styles, he put his nuts on the table. He said, "Sonny Styles," and I didn't put him as a, as, as a uh, winner here, but we might see. Well, if you, I'll just jump name. right in here <laughs> because that is Make my sure. next
1: winner on the <laughs> list. Yeah, I mean, Sonny Styles. Uh, I said it. I said it on probably nine different shows already. It looked like he was playing at a different speed. It I was. mean, when he was out there, he was running past guys like the film was on half speed and he was on full speed. It was insane how fast he was moving out there. There was multiple times. During the film rewatch, that we saw Sonny Styles run past someone already ahead of him with a better angle and make the tackle before them, like to the point that he was pushing people out of the way. Like, I'll do it. <laughs> so, Sonny Styles is my third winner from Saturday's game.
0: Yeah. So, I'll wrap up. Yeah. Jim knows plays Sonny Styles because does a table for him, and we got what we got. So, most definitely. He's, he's, he's a winner, in my book, from week one. Um, my third winner is just a running back crew. We all talked about Chip. I think Chip played extremely well, especially after watching the rewatch, is explosive, and I gotta give him credit. I was like, he's probably running back five in the We got four other running backs, but got his opportunity, took advantage of it. But running backs overall is my winner. I thought Mayan played extremely well, didn't get a lot of carries, but two touchdowns, ran physical. <clears throat> things like that. I think the offensive line play will get better. Um, and then uh, Travion Henderson. I thought Travion Henderson ran the ball pretty well. Some a couple times he leaves some to be desired as far as breaking the tackle and things like that. But doesn't do it as well as Chip or Mayan. But I thought he set up his block extremely well, especially going into the game. The explosiveness was there. would like to see him get the ball out of the backfield a little bit more. I don't know why they don't use Travion in the past game. They, they need to use him a lot more than they do, and I would love to see the, him get in space. But I thought the running backs and of Tony Alford were the winners of the weekend.
1: Yeah, sure. I'm glad that you mentioned Tony there because I think a lot of people criticize Tony for some of the misses that we've had in recruiting, but it's like, how do you argue? We still have one of the best back uh, running backs rooms in the country. Yeah, it's not littered with stars, but, I mean, when Dallin Hayden's your RB4, I think you're doing quite fine.
0: Yeah. That's the caveat.
1: You're not gonna recruit, just have the best room in the country. You'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. I don't I don't care about the stars. Recruit the players. Um, <clears throat> so that brings us on to losers. And it is this is the same answer that I gave on Bleacher Report, and I stand by it, and I'm gonna continue to hammer it home. College football fans were losers on Saturdays. This new clock is fucking awful, bro. Like Watching them just run down the clock in that Clemson-Duke game, like knowing that, like, oh, they're not going to snap the ball between five seconds. So now we've incentivized shitty teams to stand around and not snap the fucking ball and play football. And then we took away more football that's actually getting played because the clock's just running and running and running and running. Who wins? Yeah. Like, no, no college football fan was sitting around this offseason was like, you know what I want? Less football, more commercials. Uh, I've heard people who have been at games talk about how it's incessant the amount of times the guy with the red hat is out there. Not me, the media guy. So there's the guy that tells you when the media timeout ends uh, during a live game. Like they said, he's he's the star of the show now of college football. I, I hate it. I hope. Yeah, our, our guy Gojay says uh, it robs us of at least 10 plays a game. Um, I know we'll get into it in the tweets later, but I know Bobby Carpenter mentioned to all the people that had criticisms about the defensive rotations, that there was only 58 plays from um, Jesus Christ, dude, we play
0: <laughs> um, Indiana.
1: <laughs> from Indiana from um, Indiana. He, um, he said that, you know what I mean? That's overall low count. So it's hard to get rotations in there and you're not going to see a lot of people when, the, when the play snaps or the play count is that low. So overall, um, I think that college football fans are losers and I, this absolutely needs to be reevaluated at the end of the season to see, is this something that's really
0: making the game better? Yeah, that's a great one. I seen that in there earlier. And most definitely that game went by extremely, extremely fast, man. It was like, cause I honestly shouldn't have had as much time to watch it as I did. And I'm like, I'm getting through this game. I am out of here. So um, <clears throat> yeah, it went by extremely fast. I want more college football because it's the, Man, and we got to the point where it's... Quit capping.
1: Of- you don't even watch college football.
0: Yeah, I don't watch it at all. I just talk about it. So I'm waiting for y'all to catch me on these bad takes I have. <laughs> it, it's
1: it's actually Q who they shorten the games for because he's just so busy in these streets <laughs> no that they have to speed up the games <laughs> for him because he doesn't have time to watch.
0: <laughs> Try to have a drink, man. Get this game over with, man. Like a good time. <laughs> have a drink um, during yeah. the game. Come on. <laughs> I didn't have time to finish it. Game was over. <laughs> oh man. But um, but yeah, definitely loser as far as less college football. We waited so long, it's the season now. I want as much as you can possibly get. It's like it's like you're, you're at the junkie point. I hit the point where like I'm just looking for content. I want more games. I want people talking about it. I just want more college football. Um, so on my losers list, I'm actually gonna switch up my order. My first loser is Ryan Day. I think I should start with him. Um, Ryan Day at the time where, and uh, we can do that chat in a second. Ryan Day at the time where he needed to come out, and he really showed us a lot in that Georgia, even though in that Georgia game, even though it was lost, he was aggressive. The team followed in his footsteps and just played like they had a chip on their shoulder. We got none of that Saturday. And I I understand it's twelve o'clock, it's Indiana. You have no idea what to expect from this team. The crowd's always half in until they start getting blown out, like. It's a very hard part of energy, but you just didn't feel that presence from Ohio State. Just that presence of confidence. People wanting to be there. People ready to go. People chomping at the bit. Always, I think Jay Book said it years ago, Alabama always comes out with their hair on fire. And that's how they play, no matter if it's 12 o'clock against McNeese State or, you know, 7 p.m. against Texas. Like, they come out the same come out ready to go, they're more talented, and they just play ball. And I don't think we got much of any of that from Ryan Day, let alone the offense and how all over the place that was.
1: Do you think the uncertainty at quarterback and the, uh, I guess, uncertainty as far as the leadership role from the quarterback position could play a
0: role in the overall demeanor of the team at this point? I think so because – I mean, the defense played well and you saw the energy for some of those guys in the game. That's what I kind of complained about before, you know, walking into the game. I was like, bro, I'm very worried this team not knowing who their leader are and not taking an identity is 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 not going to (laughs) go. It's just not going to do well. And of course, walk in quarterback doesn't play well. You know, Cam said he's like, looking look on the sideline, Marvin looks uninterested. A lot of guys offense look like, what are we doing? Confused and all that. And you just saw it. So Ryan Day, get it together. Definitely lose it from the first weekend, but you won. So, you know, got a chance to fix it next week.
1: So I am going to double up on my two losers. Um, so my next two are quarterbacks and wide receivers because they go together. Um, I think the quarterbacks are losers for different reasons. Uh, Devin for his circumstance com- coming into the game, thinking that he's actually going to play, but then just running uh, QB power or the wildcat, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and then um, and then playing mop up duty. So I think Devin is an absolute loser of his circumstance. I think Kyle is on the loser list just for the lack of touchdown passes. I like I felt jealous, just like it, it like. I had PTSD, you know what I mean? I grew up watching uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. All we did was run the ball, 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 run the ball. We had no passing touchdowns yesterday. We have the most dynamic wide receiving core in the country, and we're not passing the ball. Like, we're not getting passing touchdowns. I saw so many passing touchdowns thrown while watching other college football games, and I'm like, man, remember when Ohio State used to do that? Like, I, I Like, cool, we got the win. We won by 20 points on the road, Big Ten Conference game. Shout out to everyone that got that job done. I want to see yeah. touchdown passes. And that makes the wide receivers losers too. We have uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka. I mean, we were talking about Ameka Ibuka. Oh, he's going to have so many yards because Marvin's going to be blanketed and he's just going to have so many catches. 16 yards. Marvin Harrison Jr., best wide receiver in the country, possibly best wide, or best player in all of college football, 18 yards overall that's just completely unacceptable um i know everyone had much higher expectations for both of them realistic or not i know that they were absolutely higher than 18 and 16 yards per or yards total receiving in the game so overall i think the quarterbacks and wide receivers as a combination are losers together yesterday for various Mm -hmm. reasons
0: um yeah i would definitely agree with that and i felt like uh, guys that got open at times and they and they were missed. Go, go across me. They haven't seen that in the rewatch. We're like, well, he's there. You got to put it on him. Um, they're definitely losers. Quarterback court didn't play terrible. Didn't play well and didn't play up to standard. So he, he's got he's got time to um, hopefully get it together. And Devin Brown's gonna get his chance. So I, I like the pairing of those two most definitely. They're both losers from Saturday. Um, <clears throat> for me. I will go offensive line is a is a loser, but it's it's a project, so I'm not gonna go hard on offensive line. They were confused, they were all over the place. We couldn't run up the middle. Um, it didn't look good. I would I would say I would say they're a slight loser. Um, obviously three new starters. Gotta get it together. Got to get the ball rolling and trust and trust and fry. I think the offensive line will be fine. But Saturday did not perform well. And I feel like the running backs were playing well, but the running backs were also creating their own, you know, opportunities. Chip chip ran up to the line and was like, nah, I don't like what I see. I'm bouncing it. Um seemed trade up bounce a couple times and then my uh, Maya bounced as well. So when it got to the edge, I thought they did well. Um when they ran up the middle, I thought it was not going. So Definitely, offensive line has some time to improve and, and get it together, but I felt like they were a loser on Saturday. And then Ron did his three. So my third, man, I cannot go past linebacker. <laughs> Cam was talking about most loser. He just doesn't know how to get C.J. Hicks on the field. I agree with you 100%. I think played well, so I gave him a winner. But this this linebacker core has to get it together, whether it's Steel Chambers stepping in you know, it like – I thought... Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on, hold
1: on. on, on. No, 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 no. no, no. We got to stop. We have to stop. Time out. Flag on the play. How the fuck is Jim Knowles in your winner? And then you have to criticize him to explain why your linebackers are losers, bro. CJ Hicks didn't bench himself. (laughs) Who, Who is the reason those linebackers were on the field and who coaches them?
0: Jim Knowles does coach the linebackers i wonder now if he's given up he probably has not but i wonder now if he's giving up linebacker rotation but the defense didn't look good so i have to call him a winner because we were on his head <laughs> for the last four months and the defense came out and looked really well against a pedestrian team so that's why i gave him a winner but yes linebackers are a loser steel chambers and, and tommy I, th- I was like i think they're okay watching play. Me- <laughs> do we have that play the, the, the situation where they both get okay there's a play where um it's on the timeline they both get blocked by one guy and the guy is blocking tommy and still runs over and he's just like oh, i got this free left hand and just pushes him out the club and he falls over and i'm like this is the least physical linebacker i think i've ever seen based off just this play he's not good with his hands he and it was just bad and i'm like and and we will talk about it a little later but i'm like what do you guys have to have to do to get on this field? Like CJ Hicks, we've heard all this hype about all this stuff. He's got to play. He ain't playing. And I'm like, bro, we, we'll get into it later, but definitely a loser on Saturday. So we'll jump into it after this, but definitely I'm back to our losers.
1: So for our last segment, um, if anyone has been on the timeline, any of you, Twitter users, ex-users, whatever you want to call it. I think if you call someone an ex-user, they might think that you're you're doing drugs or something. (laughs) (laughs) But all of you guys on that Bird app, you have seen the Buckeye Civil War playing out on the timeline over the last week. And there have just been so many interesting comments on the app. So I thought it would be a good segment to highlight some of the best, well, I wouldn't even say the best tweets, some of the most intriguing tweets in conversation-sparking tweets this weekend. So I want to talk about Maurice Clarette. Jay Book had a lot of things to say this weekend. Um, I know um, our guy Schlegel uh, had some things to chime in on. Our guy Drew had a little back and forth with him. Um, so, yeah, we're going to just jump into some of these tweets and just – Share our thoughts because there, were, there was a lot of conversation going on on the timeline this past week. So, Tweet number one, Q. Let's get this branding out of here. And if you see it now, smash that like button before we get started here in this next segment. I will get that removed out of here. So Maurice Claret had to say, you need attitude, excitement, aggressive play, shit talking, a dash of disrespect. You'll need all of that packaged on the field. Just your um, thoughts, because I feel like this is something that we talk about regularly about the give a shitter on this team, <laughs> the the lack of energy, the fact that we don't see those dogs on the timeline, scream or on the timeline, those dogs on the sideline screaming at people and getting the team hyped. So I just want to know your thoughts. Are we missing something as far as
0: uh, a level of attitude on this team? Um, yeah, I think we have all said it. Um, I said it famously and got criticized after the show because of the way I worded <laughs> how I like my, <laughs> how I like my guys to be. But um, <laughs> yeah, 200%. Like Marie said, man, no attitude. You got to have, you got to feel that disrespect. You got to come out and prove it. And like I said, teams come out and play with their hair on fire every week. Ohio State in certain games, they do a lot of games. They don't.
1: Again, he emphasizes, I don't see any aggression or physical play. I'm not solely referring to the play calling. It just doesn't look like anyone's excited out there. No one looks physical. It just doesn't look like we have any arrogance or confidence out there. So I I brought it up earlier in the show. Do you think the lack of confidence has something to do with
0: the QB battle? in the team i would i would think so man it's very hard to direct when you don't know like yo yeah, we're about to go cook Notre Dame and i don't know who's about to throw me the ball but we're confident we'll beat them. like it's just a little pause there of like that's that's your rock you rely on quarterback's win games it's college football quarterback's win games you have a good quarterback it just go off it doesn't matter how bad your defense is CJ played with a bad defense and uh, and Justin did too and, and they got us to a championship so um yeah it's it's solely relied on that i believe the team takes their attitude and we saw the attitude of how 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 common court played was the attitude of the team saturday it was very I'm trying to figure out what i'm doing <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> it's very uninspired is yeah the way, is the word that i would describe it so uh he also went on to say when you're When you're Ohio State and have won this much, you have options. Coaches, players, everyone can be replaced. I know we have someone on offense who can light a fire under someone. So, again, that's him alluding to this has something to do with the quarterback, the leadership, or does it go all the way to the top to the person calling plays? Either way, I feel like it became evident to former players yesterday on the timeline that there's a level of juice missing from this program. And it's something that we talk about. I mean, we don't talk. We don't recruit guys that have that edge anymore. We recruit pure scholars and pillars in the community, and I love that for the university. I think we have great young men on this team. When you listen to them talk in their interviews, every single one of them sounds like they could run for office, like an excellent collection of young men. But I think – do we have one more – so he had one last tweet that we didn't have here – where he talks about you need a couple guys with some screws loose on the team, and we talked about that on spec on the on the rewatch the other day about special teams. Like Cam, Cam was saying, like at any level of football that he ever played, every person on special teams were the guys that you looked at on the team a little side eye, like there's a little something off with them, like they're a little bit a different level of crazy to run down the field like a fly, like a like a bullet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to put your body on the line like that. So I, I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm not alone clearly from the, the tweets on the timeline, but it seems like we're missing a level of uh, give a shitter. Our guy, Rick here said you need an Aaron Hernandez or two on the team. I don't know. I mean, you get two Aaron Hernandezes on the team. You're up to, like, four bodies. So I don't know if we need murderers in the program. But we definitely need a, a level of edge. And, like, someone said, so we need criminals. I don't think we need criminals. But you need someone with a le- – there's a level of toughness that it feels like. And it's not like, like – it's not like I don't think there are tough guys on a the theme. I think Cade Stover's a tough guy. I think Still Chambers tough guy, Tommy Eichenberg, tough guy, but I don't feel like they're the tough guys that are going to verbalize it. Like I, like we don't have, well, uh, I was going to say, I don't want to Ray. Uh, I don't want to murder. And I was like, I don't think we have a Ray Lewis on the team. <laughs> <laughs> kind of Contradicted myself there. I got a little ahead of my skis, but like, I don't know, man. I think there, I think there is a slight edge that we're missing.
0: Yeah, I agree there, and that Aaron Hernandez the chat is so just much more funnier because of that video you sent me. That's all I can think about. The <laughs> uh, barstools, so that, that just made me laugh. But I, I agree. man. I, I've said it for a long time. The team, like, oh, I don't want to say what I said before, but it's just that low attitude. Like, um, I mean, we've all grown up playing football, and you know just those dudes. You have those dudes on your team. You're like, look, yeah, they're they're cool. I just don't want to be on their bad side. And I think that's the best way I can put it. And how many people on this team, you don't want to be on their bad side. Like there's probably few and far between. You're like, ah, I really don't want to piss him off. Today. I, I'm,
1: I'm going to give an example yeah. of what I'm talking about. So when I played in high school, there was this one guy on my team who would go down the entire line of the whole team and headbutt everyone before the game, like G Scott level headbutt. And I'm like, bro i don't need my head ringing before we even kick the ball off like i would dap him up like don't even fucking headbutt me (laughs) and i'm like bro i know how hard your helmet hits mine because you've done it to me before you just did that 45 times before the game started your brain is literally rattled before kickoff like those are the type of screws loose that I'm talking about. Like, just the the slight miscalculation and consequences. Like, let me get my brain a little rattled before we get out there to warm up. Like, that level of energy, that level of, like, chaos before the game, like, you need that. Like, I, I, I need that out there. I mean, someone just said Dion in the chat. I want to ask you guys. You guys let me know in the chat. Q, you let me know. Did anyone see Dion's pregame speech? I don't know about you guys. I've heard Ryan Day talk. I've never heard Ryan Day give a pregame speech where I'm like, you know what? I want to run through a wall. Like, I hear Ryan Day talk and it's like, I want to organize a cleanup day in the community. Like, excellent leader (laughs) of men, but like, I'm not the real guy to get me fired up. I rarely see Ryan Day and I'm like, let's go. It's more like, Let's help the community. <laughs>
0: yeah, we, we, um, I mean, I would give Ryan the credit. I mean, I'm not in the locker room to hear his pregame speeches. What we've heard isn't, or what we heard in the little cut ups isn't exactly great. I mean, what, what we're wanting to hear, and I didn't see Dion's pregame speech, so I will look it up after this. But Dion's whole attitude on the sideline just sets the presence, And you, you want to hear something before you go into the game. Um, Zach had actually put out a video when he was coaching here at Ohio State Receivers and it's a little highlight video you probably find on this timeline somewhere but it's a cut up of one of his pregame speeches and uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen it and it was like holy fuck like I'm I'm ready to go it's just Kirby does it all the time just the cussing just the attitude that you're gonna walk in and it's like they can't fuck with us like they can't play with us I need y'all to go out there and prove that what we already know and it's just, it's just a different level of vibe and it's a speech thing. I mean, speeches is, is very much one of those things where like you have it or you or you don't. And Ryan Dayton may not just be able to bring that edge out in the speech like he does, but I mean he's a great coach. I'm sure guys play hard for him. But it's it's one of those where it's like he doesn't have to be. There's 10 coaches on this on this staff. Somebody, a James Lord Knight, does somebody get in there? Say something. Just bring an edge out of this team. I don't just don't think this team plays with an edge. You don't need criminals. You don't need Aaron Hernandez, but you need a guy who who might smack the shit out of you if you if you fuck up in the game. And you're like, I don't want to do that because I know after the game I got to deal with our linebacker. I got to deal with our safety. So that's just the best way I can I can put it. Like as I played with guys who um, uh, went down a complete different path than I did, but we didn't lose. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you that we won a lot of games. So.
1: So our next one, I think I got a little ahead of ourselves there. So our guy Chimity, I know the game just started, but I can't help but really want to see Devin Brown can do out there. I feel like that's a sentiment of a lot of people in the fan base when Ryan Day comes out and tells us that Devin Brown is going to play significant minutes in meaningful snaps and then doesn't play. And then he eventually gets in the game. We all know that it was very short lived. The Devin Brown era begins not so fast. So just your thoughts on uh, wanting to see more Devin Brown and the fact that this, I mean, according to Ryan Day's press conference is going to continue to play out as a battle, allegedly.
0: Uh, I'm with Chimney. I think everybody wants to see Devin Brown play and see, especially after just the hype in camp. Um, I'm not going to say the error begins. Kyle court certainly turn it around next week or, or have his opportunities. The battle's not done, but yeah, we all want to see Devin Brown, sadly. Just the kid get it, get his shot and, and, and get his chance, and I, I liked how it played out on Saturday. He gave Kyle the reins, let him make a mistake or two and play the entire game. If he does it with Devin this week, I'm completely cool with it because Kyle just didn't take the job, so I'm, I'm with Jimmy. I'm hoping.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if I'm Coach Day, I still want to see see what I have in Devin Brown next game and give him a chance to win the job. I think we all agree with that. If Let me know in the chat. Yeah. If there's anyone who thinks that we don't need to see Devin Brown and Kyle's the guy, let me know with a Kyle's the guy and why. So, I mean, I've seen some debate out there like, Uh, anytime you post about Devin Brown, it's Kyle's a starter. He was named the starter for the reason. But then Ryan Day comes out and tells us that, no, he wanted to play Devin Brown more. That wasn't his intention for the rotation to be like that. So we'll see what happens here going forward.
0: It's just a odd thing for him to say, I wanted to play Devin Brown more in the way the game went. And I don't have a problem with how he did it. But it just wonders with me his trust level of Devin Brown, where it's a close game, your offense is not doing anything, but you won't flip the quarterbacks and try to give us some juice. So that's one thing I'm gonna watch in Week Two, just his level of trust with Devin Brown, because that shows me he may be a little antsy, <laughs> on if you really trust him and he has to for him to play through season. Agreed.
1: Um... So our next one's from our guy, Jay book. I think the biggest thing that frustrated me the most about Ohio state game Saturday was Ryan day admitting to being conservative. What the hell are you doing? There are zero positives that come out of being conservative play caller. His team's hundred percent respond better when he's aggressive. What happened to him saying, I learned from the Georgia game to be aggressive, pick an identity and stick with it. I mean, I think Ryan day has proven the identity that he has. I think Mm the, uh, the Georgia game is the exception, not the rule. Um, we just had a 5 minute conversation about his lack of aggression um i just think that's who ryan day is and if this culture of uh, i guess low energy and like professionalism and this nfl approach to a team are we watching an experiment play out like a lot of people say A lot of people say that Urban Meyer didn't work out in the NFL because he brought a college mentality to the NFL. Are we watching an NFL mentality play out in college? Like, is there some of that, like, at the end of the day, like the power broker, uh, (laughs) overarching leader like Urban Meyer, where he's screaming in your face, threatening everybody's job every other day, the constant competition, the fear of being cut? I mean, where I I don't know if I feel like Urban Meyer might have taken it to the next level. But I also feel like there's a middle ground between where Ryan Day is with his NFL approach and the the culture that Urban Meyer had.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. 100% agree with Jay Buck. 100%. He said he said it all. It's nothing I can add to that. <laughs> so our next one.
1: This is a big topic of conversation as well. Who's RB one on this team? If you run the ball, you know these are RB one reps. You can build around this. The eye in the sky don't lie. Our guy Mr. Ohio said RB one is chip train them. Maurice Claret chimed in and I know I don't have the clip here, but I know Beanie Wells also chimed in and said he believed the same thing. Do we have a battle? Do we have two battles in the backfield? Like, are are we playing the right quarterback? Are we playing the right running back? Should Chip Traynham be getting more carries, Q?
0: Um, I think it's at the point where those are your top three. Ride the hot hand. I don't necessarily would think it's a battle. It doesn't have to be a battle. All guys are bringing something to the game. They all did something really well on Saturday. Chip was the best on Saturday. Don't think it needs to be a battle. Just keep it rolling and keep triggering the carries. I mean, if the carry, it doesn't matter who starts, really. If the carries determine who, you know, who really started and who they trusted. So I go with the way they had it. I mean, I have no problems with it.
1: Before we get out of here – oh, no, we're not getting out of here. Before we get on to the next one, make sure you smash that like button. We appreciate all you in here. We see 70-plus people, so uh, it really helps us if you hit that like button. And, yeah, Pretty drop some job. questions in the chat. I, I completely agree with what you said, Q, because I think you said it a thousand times better than I had it lined up in my head because the way you said, <laughs> ride the hot hand. And, like, I was going to say, you know what I mean, play, play chip and let everything else uh, – let the chips, no pun intended, you know, fall where they may. Like I, <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, ride the hot hand. Does one of them have to be the starter? No, you have more than more than three capable backs on the team. Play the hot hand, and I'm completely okay with that. If it's a week-to-week thing, if it's a drive-to-drive thing, if some guy's out there running good, let him get that, you know, momentum and, and ride the hot hand. So I completely agree there. Um, and then Jay Book chimed in on this. I thought it was fascinating that Berms said today during the Indiana. During the Indiana game, Chip was losing his mind, coming to the sidelines, screaming nonstop, they better stop fucking with me. Not sure if he's referring to Indiana or the coaches. Either way, I need that type of vibe and energy on the field. we got to have them dudes with an edge ready for an alley fight. I mean, J-Book just touched on something that we've already, you know, been hammering home. Like there's clearly some sort of edge missing. And, again, I agree with Jay Book a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. It, whether he's screaming at the other team or the coach's staff, stop fucking with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he should be a captain with the attitude or at least something people follow. So, I mean, if you bring energy like that, team, follow him. I mean, from 3 3 shout out to the guy Chris Drew uh, over there. So, um, most definitely.
1: You mentioned 3 We're almost at 30 likes, so go ahead and smash that likes button. Yeah, we're almost at 30, and then let's get it up to 33. So just keep running those likes. <laughs> um, Maurice Claret again. Football isn't fair. Some people will work their ass off all offseason, not getting playing time. That's rough, but that's what it is. Above all, you have to put the best players in the game who – help you win. The game is a business at the college slash pro level. And I think that's a big disconnect between uh two segments of the fan base. And we're going to get to that here at the end. Yeah. Like a lot of people, yeah. like, I, again, Ryan Day uses this word that infuriates the fuck out of me, deserving. I need to know, does the word deserving mean the same thing as gives us the best chance to win? Because quite honestly, I don't give a fuck who deserves to play, bro. If you deserve to play, go play at Akron then. Like, <laughs> I, I'm dead ass. I am fucking dead ass. If you don't give us the best chance to play and you deserve to play, go deserve to play somewhere else. Like, if we... it This can't be some Kinder Carter kindergarten pity pat program where you know what i mean we're handing out participation silver bullets of the fucking day like we give too many rewards out we fucking congratulate people too much we ain't won a championship in 10 fucking years and all we do is give out participation trophies talk about what mother no one deserves anything until we start winning national championships like i'm sick of hearing that word deserve we don't deserve shit We deserve a national championship. And until we have that, like, I don't care whose feelings get hurt. Like, the only people's feelings get hurt are the fucking fans right now. You know what I mean? Everybody, and, and and that's the other thing. There's a big divide in this fan base about the way the team is criticized. But we all want the same thing. People have these asinine theories that there are fans out there rooting against certain players because they want to be right. I promise you, I promise you, if Steel Chambers went out there and look like the greatest linebacker to ever touch the fucking field, I'd be on here singing his praises, lying about him, like I did with Tommy Eichenberg running a fucking off-season Heisman campaign for him. I would lie and tell you that Devin Brown is the best quarterback since Dan Marino if he fucking looked like it. I don't know why people think that Like, there's fans with this agenda that they want to see the Buckeyes lose. I'm here to tell you me... Personally, and I would go with the majority of fans that get yelled at for being too critical. Want the whoever's out there to be the best, and if there's someone behind them, we need to see them. But if the person out there, I don't care if their name is Steel Chambers, CJ Hicks, or fucking George Bush. I don't care what their name is. If they're out there performing, play them. Like that—that's my only thing. And I think that, like. Everybody gets frustrated and they see fans being critical of the team. I don't think there are, fan base, there are people in the fan base rooting against particular players to push an agenda. Because at the end of the day, if whoever they're talking negatively about was playing great, they would be singing their praises as if there is a hero too. I think there's a commonality as far as what everybody wants in this fan base, and that's to see the Buckeyes win. And everybody's a response To the play may be different, but I think at the end of the day, everybody's on the same team as far as the outcome that they're looking for from the Buckeyes.
0: Um, Yeah, two hundred percent. What you said, I don't care who plays. To be honest, I just want to win the games. And another word I would like to retire, even though it shouldn't be a word I have to retire, is consistent. Because a lot of times, consistent in this program has meant consistently mediocre. And this guy makes plays, but he's not. I wouldn't even
1: say mediocre, average. But like (laughs) this, everybody's so good with serviceable. And not let's take it to the next level. Where is the lead? Everybody's like, well, it's good enough. I'm like, are we sure that we, like, there's not another level that we could take it to?
0: Yeah. Or this guy is consistent, but this other guy makes plays and has two or three plays of practice that can change a game and we need to win. <laughs> so, like, put him in and we'll figure out the rest because he's just on a different speed. So, that's another word I, I would love to retire is consistent because at this point it just means tough Borland. 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. You're on your mute, Ron. Sorry, I had
1: a little hiccup there. My uh, my mic got disconnected. Are we good here? Are we back on the Yeti.
0: Yeah, you're good.
1: All righty, our next one. This not being, <laughs> a t- I will just let you handle that. I mean, I'm no. You know what I mean? I never had my hand in the dirt, according to some of the people. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know. Looks like, again, I'm no Maurice Claret. But Um. (laughs) if I'm looking at this play, I would assume the person with the ball is going to go run straight through that hole right to the ref and hand them the ball for the touchdown. Q, what happened on this play?
0: Yeah, I don't know how he found the only man that can tackle him, and I've never played quarterback. I have played running back and wide receiver at later levels, but I could read a block. It's not – you just process it too slow and ships set the side. Always got to do, but I guess it happens. I mean, I've seen J.K. Dobbins do it once where he can run off the tail, but this one is pretty worse than that. It's pretty egregious, so <laughs> – it does happen. It's unfortunate for Kyle, but he did find the only guy that he could tackle him, and, and you have to score that with everything that's going on in that game. So learn from that. <laughs> what do you want me to say? He ran right into the guy. I don't know. I don't know what he saw, man. None of us do. So Kyle, prayers to you, man. He'll, he, he'll watch film. He'll get better. <laughs>
1: I guess, bro. They need to get him on the ladders or something, bro, because the change of direction. Ronnie 2K called me and said he's putting it on 10.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Okay, we're going to come back to that one because I think that was in response to this conversation. And this is the last one that we're going to look at before we get out of here. Our guy, Drew, what would be your grade for linebacker play? And is there a reason why C.J. Hicks didn't get in the rotation? Anthony Schlegel, former Buckeye, really good. He isn't better than Steele at this moment, and he is a sophomore. James is the coach, and he knows. He communicates well with these dudes. They just have two veteran studs that start. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, not better to even whiff the field. Our guy Drew asked, not better to even whiff the field when you know IU isn't going to win. Come on, Schlegs. Schlegs responds, you come on. I just trust James to make the decision just because he's a good player. doesn't mean he needs to take reps away from other guys. This isn't a charity where we pass out reps. It's football. He will get more chances against Youngstown and Western Kentucky. If he doesn't like it transfer. Interesting. So it's James decision. He's to not play Hicks for four quarters and Bobby Carpenter weighed in. I'm guessing he factors into it and The defense only plays 57 plays, which isn't many at all. So I want to go back to this one. Number one, I'm here to tell you, I don't give a fuck if you played for this team. I don't care if you have a national championship ring. I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up when we're talking about telling five stars to transfer. What? Like, I I just, just because he's a good player doesn't mean he needs to take reps away from other guys. This isn't charity where we pass out reps. It sounds like a charity where we pass out reps because you're not allowed to fucking play unless you're a stud. And like, it's crazy that fucking Steel Chambers was able to get on the field as a sophomore, as a fucking converted running back, but CJ Ch- er, Hicks, a five-star that is asking to play more than one defensive snap in his fucking career, 14 games in, should transfer? What are we fucking doing?
0: I mean, this is a charity as far as reps go because I've seen a lot of guys touch the Ohio State field that were not up to standard or not even close. Um, I don't know what he's talking about. It's not that hard to rotate guys, especially in a game that was never in doubt. I don't care what the score was; no one ever believed Indiana was winning, especially past the first quarter. So you gotta, man, you gotta play these guys if you want to get the you want to get the big time players in. Sorry, uh, I loaded yeah, yeah. that and let, just... let Chris Drew tell it. He'll say well, yeah.
1: I mean I, I, I was trying to load the video and it just jumped in and cut Q off. <laughs> Q, go ahead and it your does. Point because I know Chris Drew really hammered home this CJ Hicks point, and I want to play this video because it begs to ask some questions uh with what was said there. So go go ahead, Q, my bad. No, no,
0: no. Chris Drew say it better than I have. Let it let it roll. So
1: yeah, the fan base has a lot of things to say about Uh, who should be playing and who should not. So I want to get our guy, Chris Drew of Menace to Sports, his thoughts on CJ Hicks playing. And I want you guys in the chat to let me know, because Chris Drew provides three options for what the reason CJ Hicks is not playing for. So everybody in the chat, I'd like you guys who think that Steel Chambers should be playing more than CJ Hicks, or not even that, I don't, whatever. Cool, start Steel Chambers. You can't tell me, 14 games into his career, the number one linebacker in the country should have one defensive snap. So our, our guy, Chris Drew, has some questions here, and we're going to play the video. Wow, the I love Chris Chris oh, yeah, oh, the wow. bro, just rotate him like, like Georgia did two
0: years ago. No, go- go. nigga. Don't rotate him. Start that nigga and don't Look,
1: that's how I feel, Chris. Hey, swear
0: to God, bro. You know what I mean. I said you do it the old school. You put that. No, please do not rotate. And here's why. Here's why. Everybody in the Ohio State side, like all the fans, like the pump sunshine. Here we go. They swear that Ohio State has the best evaluation. They swear that Ohio State develops the highest clip, and they swear the coaches know the most. All three cannot be true. If you trust the developmental side of it, then that would suggest that nigga CJ's better than Harold Perkins. You trust the development side of it, that would suggest that they develop better than LSU at that position. So if those two things- are Abdul Carter as well. everybody else in that roster, and start that nigga. I don't care. Tell niggas to go to Ball State. Tell niggas to go to Marshall. Tell niggas to go to Illinois. It does not matter. Start that nigga and never look back. That is a situation with a linebacker.
1: Yeah. So I asked the chat, was it a miss on evaluation? Are they not developing them? Or do the coaches not know something? Because again, like our guy Chris Drew said, all three cannot be true when you have the number alleged number one linebacker in the country not playing 14 games into his career. So if we have the best development... If we have the best evaluation and if our coaches know the fucking most, where did they go wrong then? Because there's no way that you could tell me that all three of those things are true. And CJ Hicks has one defensive snap as the best linebacker in the country. So was the evaluation wrong? Was he not the best linebacker in the country? What, what is happening here? Because I've seen someone in the chat say it's, a bu- it's between his head. Jim Knowles told us if a guy's not understanding something or grasping the concept, that's not that's on him because he's not teaching it right. So why does the accountability always shift when it comes to this guy, CJ Hicks? They're telling us one thing that, oh, I I if I'm not teaching, if these guys aren't picking it up, I'm not teaching it right. Tommy Eichenberg was able to learn the whole fucking defense in a week if you let them tell it. So you're telling me in two years with James Laurinaitis on the staff. Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator as the linebackers coach, a five-star, isn't talented enough or prepared enough between the ears to get on the field for more than one defensive snap is absolutely a failure on the coaching staff in some way, shape, or form. And if it falls on the kid, that's the failure of our program that we allowed a five-star number one overall player at their position come into our program and fail. What are the, What is the structure going around on our program that we let someone slip through the cracks like that? Something is, there is a lie going on about what this program is, the standard, and our ability to deliver and recruit and develop these kids if this kid is not playing. And be honest with us about it. What is it then? What, what is happening? Why, why is there no accountability on the coaching staff for why this kid's not playing? It's all, it's all on the kid, but then when you talk to them, if the kid's not getting it, it's their responsibility I'm getting conflicting reports on how I should feel about this, and then we're getting chastised on the timeline for saying the five-star number one overall linebacker in this class should play more than one defensive staff, as if that's some fucking absurd take.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said it a while ago, these coaches, after the personnel chosen we made over the last few years, you got to start proving to me guys can't play, because having the ride on the pond does not tell me anything. You got to put him in the game. Let me, let me see he can't play if he truly can't. I've, I've said that for a while. We have Reed Carrico, who was a top 50 player, C.J. Hicks, and Gabe Powers. Haven't seen a lick of any of them, and the linebacker play has been mediocre at best, and it's not even a hard defense. You're telling me Malik Harford can come in at free safety, the last line of defense, the defense well enough to play, but C.J. Hicks at linebacker, which Tommy doesn't even have to worry about the pass game 99% of the time. It's basically just read and react and attack the ball. So it's impossible for me to believe he can't do it. And also, too, if you would look at it objectively, if Tommy is Steele were at LSU, would they be starting? If Tommy is Steele were at Penn State would Abdul-Carter, would they be starting? Like, probably not. They play a talented guy and they roll with it because the payoff is so much better at the end of the season. And not saying C.J. Hicksey just come in and take all their reps, but you can at least rotate and play guys and let us at least find out. So. I don't understand what Slags is talking about. I don't understand what Bobby Carpenter is talking about. You buy the second series, you can throw the guy in for a play. Have him go in through a blitz, something. Just just get out there and do something. So they they've lost me with that. And you cannot tell me that C.J. Hicks cannot understand the defense well enough to to play mop up duty at Ohio State. At least mop up duty. You can't tell me that. I, I I it's a lie. The dude's passing in school. He hasn't flunked out of school yet. That he can understand the defense enough. To get, to get through a few plays.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree. Our guy, uh, Gojay, says that uh, he has a subway down in Virginia. Q, I know you, your days are numbered in Virginia. You might have to tap in and grab you a, a $5 <laughs> yeah, yeah. foot long before you I get out to of go here.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I got till Friday.
1: But no, big shout out to all the people with those tweets. Uh, I know we've been going to war on the. Oh, oh, oh. I missed the last tweet. There's one more that we got to get to before we get out of here. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's not the one. Yeah. I was just what are that. we doing here? <laughs> I like, I like <laughs> that. <laughs> more of that. More Our last one from Jay Book. Here's where we are on this app with Ohio State fans. If anyone says something positive about anything, oh, my God, your sunshine pumper kissing the coach's ass, Homer, blah, blah, blah. You try to have conversations on here about deficiencies and recognizable flaws or just talk ball in general. Oh, my God, you're so negative. Calm down. Blah, blah, blah. And I think this goes back to what I said earlier. It's frustrating seeing this divide within the fan base because at the end of the day, everybody wants the same thing. (laughs) everyone's pointing at each other saying that you're loyal to one thing or another whether it be a young player the coaching staff uh, the media whatever it is and we all pick our sides dig our feet in the sand and then scream at each other all season as if we're not rooting for the same thing I said it reminds me of when Pitt and Penn State play each other and they're fighting each other in the parking lot and then the next day on sunday they're all steelers together <laughs> like it doesn't make any fucking sense like fight each other on the timeline and then everybody's hugging in front of the shoe on saturday like uh, i get it there's everyone has their opinions and you know what i mean they're passionate about them but at the end of the day we all want to see a buckeye championship and um, people may have different difference in opinions on how that should look But at the end of the day, the goal is the goal. And the only people you should be frustrated at are people that don't want that goal. So um, if there's people out there that don't think the standard is winning national championships, I would say they're not real Buckeye fans or don't truly understand what this program is about. And everybody else there in the middle arguing from different sides about how to go about doing that. Just keep in mind, uh, how, no matter how frustrated you are with the other side, Nine times out of ten, they're all rooting for the same thing. So I hope that doesn't get lost this season. It's crazy. We're one game in to the season, and we're already dealing with a Buckeye Civil War. I think a lot of this falls on Ryan Day and his handling. I saw there was a good uh, article out there about Ryan Day's deficiencies as far as uh, ability to make decisions and getting caught up in his own head and anxiety around making uh, big decisions for this team. So I suggest you guys – Go check that out. But yeah, man, I think this falls on Ryan Day. And I feel like a lot of the divide in the community is due to his lack of communication and his new nickname of Lion Day. It doesn't do the fan base, uh, the media, anyone that has to talk about this team, any favors when you're so inconsistent with your words and don't stick to them. They change every press conference. You've limited the amount of access that the beat has to practices, to uh, media availabilities. I feel like the information uh, that comes out of the Woody is so limited to this point and unreliable at this point. So, When we do actually do get access, you don't know what you can believe coming out of Ryan Day's mouth. And I think it leads to a lot of speculation, a lot of assumptions, a lot of uh, gives people a lot of leeway to run with the words and spin them and go with them. And then when he lies and, you know, is inconsistent in his press conferences, it creates doubt and gives people even more of a leeway to speculate and uh, assume that he's, you know what I mean, not being truthful because he's shown that he isn't all the time so i mean i think these are things that ryan day as a head coach could avoid but i mean maybe ryan day doesn't give a fuck what people are saying on twitter i find that hard to believe but i mean if he wants to continue to limit the media access and let everyone just run with narratives and you know what i mean make up whatever they feel in the media because they don't tell us anything and when they do they blow smoke up our ass you gotta live with the consequences
0: yeah it's you can't believe anything he says it always goes like that and like they they're the ones who hype us up they tell us guys can play and then it's like saturday i never i don't see him i don't know the depth chart until game day my <laughs> like game time when they start playing and i see who doesn't play it's just such a limited information Ryan Day doesn't give us anything, and it's just like, man, it, it does definitely have a divide. It's like you told me C.J. Hicks was a freak show. Tell me he's out here making plays. Well, Where is it? Like, <laughs> I can't see none of it, or multiple guys. So, it does definitely have a divide. Um, I, I would we would posh no name calling. I'm gonna try go crazy with you about the timeline. We get argumentative. It, it is what it is. It happens, but we all want the same thing, and I, I promise you. Ryan Day does the three things he's supposed to do this year. I don't care what he do next season. You won't hear no complaints from me. So just win, (laughs) and everything will sort itself out.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah, we don't. It's it's week one. We don't want things to get ugly <laughs>
0: this early because I'm be pro- <laughs> in the middle of it, like we always are.
1: Exactly, bro. And there will be absolutely no back down. So, I mean, take those shots with caution, I promise. <laughs> if I can we, give any word of advice,
0: we so we through, huh? I, was say, we, I was gonna say, we went toe to toe with college football Twitter right before the season we ain't worried about arguing with a few ohio state fans <laughs> it was yeah. ohio state versus everybody in space. <laughs> exactly. the space
1: exactly bro i said to cam yesterday uh things have been getting real spicy on the timeline and people have been talking real crazy so i think uh people be getting way too comfortable with us not running the best damn space and chrissy and dog tv to f- fucking flame people on this app so you will see a significant presence appear on twitter because people must have forgot so you will see the boys outside more frequently because i guess people forgot about dre so (laughs) we are going to be on the timeline and yeah keep an eye out for us q we got to get out of here it's been a long show we started late let the people know where you where they could find you
0: yeah, Randall Lower. So I appreciate y'all rocking with us. A lot of people in here. Definitely love it. Make sure you like that video. I'm C Boy Quentin on Twitter. Um please DM me, get at me, let me know. If you got anything you want to talk ball? Hit me up. Find Johnson on Instagram, talk movies, mildly films up here. Um yeah, Ron. Let me know if you find you. Uh,
1: if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at 2 underscore T E E S. That's 2 T's. You can find me on Twitch at the same thing. You can find me on TikTok at 2 sheisty Tomorrow, I'll be live in the Bleacher Report app at 1 p.m. for our midweek thoughts and week one wrap up. And then Thursday, we'll start previewing the new show or previewing the. Who do we play? Next Youngstown game? State. Yeah. yeah. I was like, the I'm next game, the new show. Um, bro, I'm, I'm in a blender. I've been, talk- I've been talking way too much lately. Uh, tomorrow we have, what, three shows going on. We have the Buckeye Roast at 8 a.m. We have the National Show at 7.30 with our guys Mike and Cam. And then... We also have the Bleacher Report live reaction at 1 p.m. Doing big things around here at Best Damn Media. Tons of content on here. Some big surprises for the college football pregame show on Saturday. So make sure that you guys are subscribed to the channel. Have that notification bell. We are live every day giving you guys content in various places every day on this channel for sure, though. We appreciate you guys pulling up, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Go Bucks. Go